Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. When you touch an item that sparks joy, your body would respond this way. <coughs> On the contrary, when you touch an item which does not spark joy, you would feel. Try it with each and every piece of clothing you own and see if the item makes you happy now that they should remain with you. Hands up if you knew who that was. A few of you, the tidy ones among you. Listen, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? That's Marie Kondo. Now, Marie Kondo is a professional organizer, and she is the undisputed queen of organizing and clearing out clutter. Now, listen, if you're married to a messy person, her book is the perfect gift this year, okay? Get it, put it in a stocking. It could change your life completely. And what she tells her clients is this she tells them to pick up each and every item that they own, whether it's clothing, a cushion, an ornament in their home. And if it sparks joy in them, then they keep it. Now, items that spark joy are the items that make them happy. And if something no longer makes them happy, they're to get rid of it. Because it's no longer needed. Okay? Now, this is kind of how we actually live our lives today. Whether we know it or not, whether we believe it or not, our lives are built around the pursuit of these sparks of happiness, these moments of happiness. Our lives are built around, or built around pursuing moments of joy, moments of happiness, things that spark joy. Now, if you don't believe me, let me give you a few examples, okay? In the first half of this year, 2019, 41 million people visited Dubai Mall. In the first six months of this year alone. Why? All looking for that next purchase, that next item, that next experience that would spark joy in them, a moment of happiness, yeah? Today, the average person will spend 135 minutes on social media. That's two and a half hours every single day. Now, some of you may be on it right now. Right? right? Not anymore. But you might have been. Why is it? Well, listen, Harvard University did a study into this, and they concluded that every time we get a social media notification, our brain sends our brain sends a messenger called dopamine along a rewards pathway. And that gives us a very real, very physical spark of joy, a very real, very physical moment of happiness. And that's why we spend all day long looking at social media to see if someone has liked our pictures. And every time we get another like, what do we get? We get another spark of joy, another moment of happiness. And we check and we check and we check. Who's liked my picture? Who's responded to my post? And the moment that a picture stops delivering these sparks of joy, what do we do? We take another beautiful picture like this and we put it back up again. 
so that we get new sparks of joy, new moments of happiness. It's why people change jobs year after year. It's why people go from one relationship to another, looking for these sparks of joy, looking for moments of happiness. Now, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. The French historian and writer Alexis de Tocqueville made the same observation of wealthy nations all the way back in 1830. And he visited America, he studied and observed the culture and inhabitants of America and wealthy nations like America, and he concluded this, he made this statement. He said, men easily attain a certain equality of condition, but they can never attain as much as they desire. It perpetually retires before them, yet without hiding itself from their sight. And in retiring, it draws them on. At every moment they think they're about to grasp it, it escapes at every moment from their hold. They are near enough to see its charms, but too far off to enjoy them. And before they have tasted its delights, they die. What is he saying? What he's saying is this. We experience happiness. We build our lives around experiencing moments of happiness, sparks of joy. And yet mankind never really takes a hold of or experiences or knows what we really truly desire. And that is a lasting, deep hope and joy. We never experience a lasting and true hope. Because there's a difference between happiness and hope, okay? Happiness is momentary. Did you know that? Your happiness, my happiness this morning, depends on my circumstances. It depends on our situations. If the circumstances are right, if the situation is right, we will feel happiness. But as soon as those circumstances change, and trust me, they will, or as soon as difficulties come into our lives, and they will, our happiness is extinguished quickly. It's gone like a spark. It's over. You see, the things that make you happy today, the things, the objects of our joy today, as Marie Kondo was saying, will fail to spark joy tomorrow. Why? Because they are temporary, because they are always changing. Our jobs change, don't they? I'm sorry to say this, but our looks change. Although this morning, someone came up to me and said, I look younger by the minute, which was... <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a great Christmas present. But our looks change. Our friends change. Even our children change. And our bank balances change. And usually they go down rather than up. Am I right? Things that make us happy change. But joy, joy is different than happiness. You see, joy is a settled state of being that never changes. It's a settled state of being that never changes. No matter what comes our way, joy remains. Joy goes on. Joy allows us to remain afloat. No matter what comes into our lives, no matter what difficulties we face, joy allows us to remain afloat above those difficulties, above those hard circumstances and situations. It's something that comes and settles and dwells deep within us. Something that is indestructible. It's why the Bible can say, sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The reality is sorrow will come, sorrow will be bitter, it will be painful, but joy is indestructible, 
joy flares up like a fire and it consumes sorrow eventually. That's the difference between happiness and joy. And de Tocqueville was right when he went to America and made his observations. He rightly observed that mankind doesn't attain joy. Instead, it simply knows moments of happiness. And we go from one moment of happiness, perpetually seeking the next moment of happiness and the next moment of happiness. And there's a name for this. Do you know what it is? You may have seen the Will Smith movie in 2006. It's called The Pursuit of Happiness. And The Pursuit of Happiness has a mantra. Do you know what the mantra is? It's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And this relentless pursuit of happiness goes on and on and on. And it never, the Tocqueville says, culminates in us grabbing a hold of and experiencing lasting joy. And it goes on and on and on, one moment of happiness to another, until we eventually die. And we are told after death, there is nothing. Merry Christmas. And the author, Andrew Del Blanco, he calls this futility and hopelessness, the lurking suspicion that all of our getting and spending, basically all our pursuits of happiness, amounts to nothing more than fidgeting until death, while we wait for death. You see, everything that we put our joy or we put our hope in for joy in this life is transient. It will change. It will never give us lasting joy. And if we believe that there is nothing after this life, what does that result in? Hopelessness. Nothing in this life can truly satisfy us, and there's nothing after this life, then all we really are left with is a sense of futility and hopelessness. And yet, deep down within all of us, deep down within every human being, there is this belief that we are actually made for joy. Isn't that right? Deep down within all of us, there is this sense that somehow we were actually created to know deep, lasting, unfailing joy, that we were created for something. The author of the Narnia Chronicles, C.S. Lewis, he points this out. He says that creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby, he feels hunger, he says. Lo and behold, there's such a thing as food. A duckling is born with a desire to swim. Hey, there's such a thing as water. He says, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation, and it's the explanation that we need to consider this morning, is that I was made for another world. What he's saying is this, if we know that deep down we are made for joy, lasting, unfailing joy, and yet we know that nothing in this world will ever give us real lasting joy, only momentary sparks of happiness, it may mean, and it probably means, that the only thing that can give us joy, lasting joy, is not actually of this world. It's not actually of this world. You see, Christianity is probably the only religion that acknowledges that what we truly desire and what will truly make us happy cannot be found in this world. 
It's the only religion that really acknowledges that what would really satisfy us is not found in this world. You see, every other religion or worldview or philosophy will say something like this. Look deep inside of yourself and you will find joy, right? Or try this or try that. Hedonism or materialism or mindfulness and somehow you will find a deep and lasting joy. Christianity says, look, that is just not true. Nowhere in this world and nowhere within us can we ever find anything that will satisfy us and give us deep, lasting, unending joy because we and this world is fallen by nature. It's broken. There's something wrong with it. It's decaying. It's in a state of constant change and decay. And so by nature, nothing in this world can ever give us what we really desire, which is lasting, deep joy. And so what is the answer to our joy this morning? When Susie read the reading just now, she read this. Good news. All of mankind can know joy. Not just any joy, but great joy. So how is that? How is it that mankind can know deep joy when nothing in this world can really satisfy us or give us joy? We see the message of Christmas, and it's the message that gets lost year after year among our pursuit of happiness, is this. Something has happened. Good news. Something has taken place. And the result of what has happened is this. All of mankind can now know the joy that it so deeply longs for and desires for. Mankind can now know the joy that it knows it was truly created for. So what has happened? It's what the angel says has happened in this passage. Did you get it? The angel appears to the shepherds, and the angel says to the shepherds, Behold, a baby has been born in the town, a city of David this morning. A baby has been born, but not just any baby. Did you notice that the angel is very specific in saying, hey, this baby would be in a manger. And the author of this gospel, Luke, if you read the verses that surround what we read this morning, he says three times, he's very purposeful in saying three times, this baby would be found in a manger, basically a feeding trough for animals. So what's significant about this feeding trough? Well, nothing really, but hey, the birth of any baby brings happiness, doesn't it? The birth of any baby provides a spark, a moment of deep joy. But hey, this baby, this baby is different. This baby is significantly different. And it's important that you find the right baby, is what the angel is saying. This is the only baby you'll find in a manger. And this morning, it is essential and important that we find the right source of our lasting, eternal, unquenchable joy. Because the birth of this baby would be the defining moment in human history. It would be the moment that everything would change. Because this baby is not just any baby. This baby is God. This baby is God broken into human existence, breaking into our existence, God become flesh, coming 
in the person of Jesus Christ. And as a result, things would never be the same again. Hey, we've already said, nothing in this world could ever give us lasting joy. But hey, good news. This baby, this man, Jesus Christ, is not of this world. And his birth, his life, his death, and ultimately his resurrection will mean that joy, deep lasting joy, great joy, is now possible for all mankind. And it is possible because he will deal with our hopelessness. He will deal with our hopelessness. Did you know that the opposite of joy is not sadness? Did you know that? The opposite of joy isn't sadness. Sadness and joy can actually coexist together. The opposite of joy is something else, much worse. The opposite of joy is hopelessness. The opposite of joy is hopelessness. Now, if it's true that there is nothing beyond this life, and if all our getting and spending, our relentless pursuit of happiness, amounts to nothing more than just keeping ourselves busy until we die, we really are a hopeless people, are we not? See, hopelessness is the antithesis of joy. It's the opposite of joy. Hopelessness is the enemy of joy. Hopelessness is the thing that robs us of joy and prevents us from knowing lasting joy. You see, if you are without hope, you're without joy. If you are hopeless, you are by nature joyless. And if there is nothing that can change the fact that we will one day cease to exist, and that no amount of happiness and sparks of joy will make any difference to that, we are hopeless, and therefore we are joyless. But Christmas is a declaration of good news. Christmas is a declaration of great news. And it's this, that those who put their faith in Jesus as their savior, as Luke calls this baby, can know that this is not it, that this life is not all that there is, that there is something beyond this world, that there is something beyond this life. And no matter how difficult life gets here, no matter how difficult your life becomes, one day, we will have a future where all that is wrong with this world and all that is wrong in your life will be made right and will never be wrong again. We have a future where sadness, sorrow and loss will be swallowed up in the victory of Jesus on the cross and we will know everlasting joy. See, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ as their saviour have a hope. And that hope is the only thing that brings joy. Those who put their faith in Jesus as their savior have a eternal hope. And that hope is the only thing that brings joy to the world. So this is a challenge of Christmas. And this is a challenge of that passage from Luke that Susie read to us just now. The only way for you, the only way for me to know lasting joy a joy that enables us to stay afloat above all the difficulties that will inevitably come into our lives. The only joy that allows us to coexist with sadness, but not be overwhelmed by sadness. The only joy that can overwhelm the pain that we will inevitably feel. The only way to know that joy is to stop building your life around the pursuit of happiness and instead build your life around Jesus Christ. 
this Savior that came at Christmas, because he is the only thing that never changes. The only way for you to experience lasting joy is to stop pursuing sparks of joy and moments of happiness, and instead pursue the one and only source of true joy that was not of this world, but came to us at Christmas, because he is pursuing you right now. Let's stand. I'm going to hand back over to the band. We're going to continue to celebrate. Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church.